Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a Hi, this is Carl. I wrote this song. I I'm Mike's friend. My turn-ons are satin sheets. I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to call. The French duh, not the duh duh. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike. W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. O-Y-T. That doesn't sound right. O-Y-T. Hey, that's an acronym. It stands for Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Thank you very much for having me on. Looking forward to another exciting adventure. Oh, I'm excited that you're here on mutinyradio.fm. We are streaming right now every as we do every Sunday, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, we uh, watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We want you to watch the movie with us. Let us watch. And then we will uh, want you to listen to our show at the same time. You're going to have to mute YouTube. We've done three over 300 episodes, Carl. And this oh, is the really? first time I think I said to mute YouTube while you're listening to. I was just thinking that. I guess I always thought it was pretty self-evident, but... You're but, right. You know, maybe someone someone would be like, "Cool, I could watch some full length movie and have some assholes yell in my ear while I'm trying to watch the movie." <laughs> that sounds like our YouTube comments. Oh yeah, right. Well, yeah, and I should mention we are uh, a budding multimedia uh, conglomerate. We are also on YouTube right now, as we are every week. Uh, subscribe to LWAFLMOYT channel, and you'll get the movie and the commentary synced together. Uh, otherwise, you can listen to us uh, first on Sunday here at Mutiny Radio. We'd love for you to donate to Mutiny, as we always like to, you to do. You can go to Patreon. You can go to Venmo at Mutiny Radio, or you can just go to mutinyradio.fm, and you'll see a big donate button. Go ahead. And we have fundraisers all the time to keep the station afloat. Uh, if you go subscribe to one of uh, Mutiny Radio's Facebook pages, you can get the deets. And we also have a Facebook page called Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. Carl, what is the movie this week? Okay, this week we will watch Mesmerize. Now, what you put in the YouTube search engine is Mesmerize 1985. The truth okay. is it's from 86, but we like the channel. Let's see here. Hold on. Yeah, 1985. They've just got it wrong. That's all. Mesmerized, M-E-S-M-E-R, Mesmer, M-E-S-M-E-R-I-Z-E-D, I-Z-E-D, Mesmerized, 1985, but don't believe the hype. It's 86. It's an 86 film. They, they shot it in 85. Whoop right. do They said a lot of things in 85, huh? Goodies, yeah. right? Sure, why not? All right, well, that sounds good. So go ahead and type in mesmerize, one of the worst words I can't spell. I know yeah. there's a Z. I think it's M-I-Z. Uh, mesmerize. M-E-S-M-E-R. Thank you. I-Z-E-D. Yeah, that one. Like, that my, like my polo shirt right now, I-Z-E-D. I, <laughs> yeah. All right, well, enough uh, laughs. Uh, let's get to the movie. Go ahead, Mesmerize, 1985. You're going to find it. It is, what's it? 
Father John, Pastor uh, Bob. We like the channel Reverend Shaw. Reverend Shaw. Uh, my apologies, Shaw. Reverend. Uh, go ahead and click the link once you get the movie going. Make sure there's no ads. There's no ads. Reverend Shaw is a cool guy. Yeah. Hit pause. Move the timer to zero, zero. When we say go, we're going to hit the go button, uh, play button at the same time. We're really thrilled. Uh, the person who's going to say go is a celebrity comedian that Carl chatted with earlier. Yes. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Mike Keegan. Welcome, Mike. Thank you very much, Carl. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Now, we met at Scotty's, which is in New Jersey, and that's what I wanted to raise first because you sort of think of yourself and sell yourself as a Long Island comedian, but I've seen you out there in Staten Island and a lot of Jersey. I mean, you're all over the place. You still think of yourself, what, because that's your home base? I still do because I, I don't really consider myself a road comedian. I do the tri-state area. I have a lot of clubs that I love that I work in the tri-state area, Connecticut, Jersey. Um, I used to do Atlantic City a lot at the Brigada. Um, but, you know, my, my roots are on Long Island. That's where I first started out. I live five minutes from my favorite comedy club, Governors. Um, I, you know, I'm there two, three nights a week. So, you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't try to write material as a Long Island comedian because a lot of, there's a lot of Long Island comedians that write their material about Long Island and then their acts don't cross a bridge and they don't translate. So yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my act so much isn't a Long Island comedian, but I do consider myself, you know, I, I work the three, the three clubs on Long Island. I work them mostly. Mm -hmm. And okay. So I, I get it now. I mean, you're, you're not a road comic. You're, you're tri-state, but you don't base it around Long Island. Cause you'll get screwed. You'll screw yourself. <laughs> yeah. Now, another... you, know, I, I, you know, when I started, I, I kind of wanted to be a road comedian, but then, you know, you got to have a, the job to pay the bills, the family and everything. So it, it's it's a it's a tough life living on the road and everything. So you know I'll get out as much as I can. You know a couple times a year I'll branch out into the Midwest or something. But I try to stay close to home. And also you know if you're a road comedian, there ain't that much green out there, right? <laughs> exactly. I know it's right. And to get that kind of green is just busting your ass. You know just from Monday through Friday, you're playing bar gigs, and then you get those nice ones on the weekends, but there's a, right. a lot of, they, they call them four-waller shows, like little tiny bar gigs where half the people there don't even know that there's a comedy show going on. That's right. So. The TV, you're competing with the television. Exactly. We've all so, been there. Yeah. So, now, you're out there grinding, and one of the things you got is a podcast going on. It's called Hershey and the Hershey and Keeks. No, the Hershey and the Keeg Show. Tell me how to say it right. It's the Hershey and the Keeg Show. Yeah. And Hershey <laughs> is spelled with an S-C-H. Yeah, H-E-R-S-C-H-U-I. That's my co-host, Mark Hirschman. Um, it's kind of a new endeavor. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I used to have a podcast for a few years with my girlfriend. Uh, she's a comedian also. And it was called Domestic Disturbance. But uh, a good one. We, I'll tell you one thing. We used to... It, we used to cause a lot of fights between us because it was, it was we're very different politically, and that's how we we get into arguments. So we kind of stopped doing that. Yeah. So now I do the I do the show with my buddy Mark Hirschman. We started a couple months ago, and it, it was great. He's one of my best friends in comedy, and uh, we have a lot in common. We have a great dynamic. I feel a lot of people giving us great feedback. So we do a little bit of everything. Uh, we started off more as a focus of a, a, a sports talk radio. 
So they're both big Yankee fans, big sports fans. And we've had a lot of pretty high-profile guests from uh, from WFAN, which is our big sports uh, wow. sports mecca here. We've had uh, Evan Roberts, who's probably the biggest New York tri-state area sports. Uh, he's on the he's on the Carton and Roberts show. So that was probably that's probably the biggest show wow. going right now for sports radio. We've had him, we've had Steve Summers, Mark Malusius, all these big uh, New York sports guys. So um, we're getting hopefully Mike Piazza might be coming on soon. Really? Yeah, yeah. So we uh, are. Yeah, but the sports fan is he a comedian? Yeah, Mark Hirschman's a comedian. He does not perform very much because he's got a big family and he's got a lot of responsibilities. One mm-hmm. of the funniest guys I know. One of the first people I met in comedy. Uh, but this is this is outlet now because he doesn't get to be on stage so much. So we yeah. do it every Tuesday night live at nine o'clock. Uh, we do it at Governors at the, the radio studio. Governors. Really? Yeah. Tuesday night um, is when you record it or when it brought that's when we, that's when we record it. We, we record it and we put it live on YouTube, but then we also put it on Spotify for people to watch after. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Spotify, and are you also on iTunes or? We are on iTunes as well. Um, okay. We're on Spotify and iTunes basically. Yeah. And so it's on if, every episode's on YouTube. So if people want to find that, it's the Hershey SCA, yep. the Hershey and Keeg show. Yeah, is there a channel? Is that the name of the channel on YouTube as well? The name of the channel it's it's on Gov's Radio Podcast, uh-huh. G O V S, like Governors. Yeah, uh, so it's out of their studio, so they they run the whole. Uh, so it's on their podcast channel. Okay, now YouTube, that's one thing, but you're streaming out there on better platforms than that. You got yeah. an Amazon special called Comics Watching Comics. And I think, yeah. tell me about this premise. I think I already know about it. I think I applied yeah. and was denied. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was a really cool thing. Uh, a comedian from uh, New Jersey, uh, Kevin Goatee, he right. started this thing. And it's uh, basically, uh, they get comics, you do a, a two-minute set, and uh, they have three professional comics that judge the, the comics. And uh, they all, they do it after... After we all record our sets, they do it at a remote location, watch every set, and they critique it. And I won. I was the winner of season three. Uh-huh. And, uh, okay. So, the, yes, that was, it was really cool. And you know what? The day that I recorded it, so there were there were ninety comics that did each a two minute set at yeah. uh, the New York New York Comedy Club on Second uh, Second Street in the city. And um, so there were ninety comics. I had pneumonia. And I also had a show that night in Jersey, so I was I, when I recorded the set, I was just like delirious. It was just I had waited four hours to get on stage there, and I had pneumonia, mm-hmm. and uh, it went actually pretty well. And I got some good feedback, and I ended, actually ended up winning the season. So it's it's a cool credit to have. It's on Amazon. You could buy it on Amazon. And- wow. And to win out of ninety people, and you're way under the weather, and you have somewhere to go. Yeah, right. Exactly. It was a uh, it was a rough day, but it was a lot of fun. Thank you, Carl. Now, okay, this is not going to be the end of your streaming. In August, you've got this comedy special coming up. Tell me about that. Yep. So I have a comedy special coming up. It's a uh, August twenty sixth. We're uh, recording it at Governor's Comedy Club here in Levittown on Long Island. Um, it's called Captain America, <laughs> and. Uh, Captain America, as I would actually pronounce it, but uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's going to be my first, uh, my first, the forty-minute special, 
my buddy, my friend John Moses, who's a uh, Jersey comedian, also sure. originally from Canada. Uh, John Moses is a great guy. He's starting a record label, so he asked a couple of comics to be the first ones to record specials for him. So he's doing all the production, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be uh, a lot of fun. They just built a new room at Governor's. It's called the Giggle Room. So it's not the main stage. It's right. another stage they have there. That it, it, the room holds 90 people. Okay. And it's just a great intimate room to, to, to record the special. So it's, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, that sounds so. terrific, boy. You really are in with governors. And it's, you know, being the giggle room or not, when the thing is yeah. uh, filmed, it's going to be at governors, right? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. governors, uh, that's my home club. I love them. Now, Mike Keegan, which is K-E-E-G-A-N, Mike Correct. Keegan, how can people find you out there on the internet, on social media, YouTube, a website? Um, I'm big on Facebook, uh, so face Mike Keegan on Facebook, but on um, I actually deactivated my Twitter because yes. I got in a little bit of trouble for a tweet that I wrote, but uh, I am on Instagram <laughs> at mckeeg 75 and um, I might be getting Twitter back, but my podcast, Hershey and the Keep Show, they have a Twitter page, so they can always uh -huh. get in touch with me there. Also, if you, if you prefer Twitter, but uh, I've got Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what it is. I got in trouble a little a few years ago. I got banned from a theater on Long Island. It was a Newsday and everything, and uh, yeah. I had to get rid of my Twitter account. Oh, it was a Newsday, so that's your. Yeah. You could use that as one of your credits, right? I could use it as a credit. You know, I'm not proud of it. But. Well, you're paying it's for comedy. It, what you know, you don't have to tell people the content. So. <laughs> exactly. Okay, now, Mike Keegan. Everyone yes. at home is poised to watch this movie at the exact same second that we do here in the studio. So this means we must be synced up. So why don't you go ahead and give us that celebrity comedian countdown? Three, two, one, go! Thank you, celebrity comedian. Back to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Oh, New Zealand, which uses the acronym LW. Is an L, right? In New Zealand. New Zealand. W. Yeah. A. A. It's no F. That we start out in a, in a trial. That's where we're starting, a trial. And then if we like the movie, we pay for the full amount? Right. It's just a trial. Okay. We're going to charge your credit card after 30 days. I keep forgetting about these trials. And then 30 days later, Don't you answer. charge my credit card. That's what they're counting on. Now, you can see that it's based upon the English uh, barrister and, you know, it's based upon the English, not system as much as um, uh, way of doing business because it's New Zealand. And um, it opens up in a trial and Jodie Foster is on trial. Uh, right. Her name is Victoria. Victoria. Now she's flashing back. How did my time start here? I've often wondered. This is when she's sort of is a, is a male. A male is called a bastard. What's a female called? Also a bastard. Uh, okay, no. so this there is a lady bastard. Lady bastard, Carl. It's lady bastard is is what you're looking for. So here did I is, get? Did I pass the job interview? No, no but we'll yeah. be in touch. All right. Um, here we have the father of a girl who got herself in trouble and it went all the way to term and now she's got a lady bitch. What did you say? 
this lady bastard lady bastard and um he's bringing it to an orphanage and that's how our story starts out uh she's he's a 18 years later here oh yeah that guy was really stingy he's like can i get the basket back like well, she, here take the baby but i, I want the wicker well, basket um yeah let's get rid of this bath water um <laughs> so he goes she says what is the little one's name and he goes name i don't think the lady bastard has a name <laughs> so it's letting us know lb she started a little yeah she started way lb but she hears at 18 she has a visitor what the fuck a visitor who the hell me it's aunt flo sorry i'm late i know you're 18. <laughs> i'm sorry i'm late and okay so here it is john lithgow and of course she says um you know didn't i see you on third rock from the sun right. are you still a movie actor or a television actor let me know so she's like, do I know you? Are you a relation? And he's like, my name, my name is Oliver Thompson. I'm a merchant. So I don't know, somehow he heard about her, comes here and says, you want to get married? He just goes to the orphanage, sees who's 18 and says, do you want to get married? No, he specifically came for her. And it's a mystery in the film why he did. Right, uh, and you've seen this film. Yeah. So you could spoil the mystery right now. Well, that's the thing. It's really poorly done. I'm not sure that the mystery is revealed. I really am not. There's this one segment. Let's watch. Okay, but it, it's not a very important mystery. Okay. Like it doesn't lead to, and that's why you picked me. You know, somehow he heard about it. Okay, so here they are getting married. I mean, I don't know, like from her perspective, that's another poor thing about this film. We don't get into her head very often and her acting is very flat. Now, you know Jodie Foster is an excellent actress. Right, sure. Look, look, not getting kissed. You see that? We're getting right. married, but yet she won't kiss her husband. Thank God her family side wasn't there. <laughs> that would have been even more embarrassing. That, but the thing is, that's another flaw in the film because we never get into Jodie Foster's head, uh, uh, Victoria's head. So we don't understand, is it a Catholic upbringing? Is it, you know, some sort of abuse? Like, why won't she kiss? Now, now look, I know he's a stranger, right? But right. consider the year and consider her life. She doesn't have any young woman feelings that she would be interested to know what's you know she she hasn't ever dreamed of being with a man you know and getting married she was still thinking about that wicker basket from 18 years ago when she <laughs> arrived now her voiceover says i never considered being married i mean it just it's sort of okay you didn't, now you didn't tell me you didn't tell me she's the narrator yes yes she is does he go, ah, that's me in court. Can you believe how, now, how did I get here in court? Now look at bath time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It wasn't. Rub-a-dub-dub. -dub. 
Draw the women's baths, will you? Yes, sir. Right away, yes, sir. Right away, sir. Absolutely. Let's That's stand. why I'm here, sir. Now, look how they're in there. They're not naked. You see that? Yeah, well, good. Now, look, some horseplay. This is the only time we're looking at Joni Foster really having fun. You see her wedding ring? They're like right. talking all about it. And no, I don't she's know. not having fun. I think the film suffers. I've already said it like two or three times. I think the film suffers in that we don't understand Victoria's motivations. We don't understand why she's not interested in sex. And we don't understand why she was very interested to get married. I mean, you can assume like she's a person with no family. She's an orphan. Um, she needs a way out. Now, this this young lady is from the orphanage, right? Like she yes. joined them. So what happened is they got married, and then he was like, surprise, we're not going to be together. You have to Ooh. come of age. This he is was... RKO Challenge uh, production. Challenge on, RKO. <laughs> this was it. a serious film, an RKO film. Um, there was Challenge Corporation Services. I guess why, that's why you saw that. There was Orion Ward and Camperdown. These are four Camper production Down. companies. M-E-S-M-E-R. Oh, see, I thought this said mermaid. I am so fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I phased out. Look now at me. me. Me during the pandemic, my hair. Her new husband has sent for her and paid money for her to uh, be taken on this ship. And she is going to the Bay of Islands. He's never oh. been there before. It's still part of New Zealand, but you know, in the 1880s, you pretty much you don't were. That much. Yeah, you're on the farm, you're at the orphanage. orphanage. So they also, the ship has humans and like farm stuff. It's basically like you pay a fee. And so merchants would pay a fee or farmers would pay a fee to do their goods as well as a person. You just buy a ticket. Gotcha. Magnificent ship. One man, one goat, please. <laughs> Now we're getting backstory cheaply through a conversation. Are you going to family? I'm going to my husband. Charlotte Lithgow from Buckaroo Banzai. I've never been there before. Oh, you know, I haven't even heard Judy Foster. You can listen. There's... Yep, too late. Uh, too late. Too late. As, too late. As, as always. The now studio she's is lacking. Go home to her husband, and unceremoniously, her husband's not going to be there. He's at his dad's house because his dad is sick. It's kind of flat. He's no good, right? In this movie is he's he's an abuser. It's, it's no, it's he's a controller. Listen, it's 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 a hard question, right? She will not be sexual with him, and. He's not a jerk about it or something. He's just a dude trying to, but he does peeping Tom her, which is mm. fucked up. And he controls her, like watches her movements, where he's been. But it's because he grows to a paranoia. Yeah, it's, it's not great behavior. We could put that out there. Well, we can put that out there, but it's kind of like not appreciating human psychology. It's more just like saying, Black things are black and white in a cancel culture way. You you are controlling of your wife, so you're the bad guy. But meanwhile, they're not a partnership of love, and they're not a partnership of physical love, and they're not 
They're not friends, you know? Right. Now, later He's, in the film, yeah. she will grow to be extremely comfortable with him and start making jokes and stuff. I don't know. It's a difficult question. Her His behavior is not good because he needs to chill out and just let her be herself. But her behavior is very... Like, why'd you marry him? What are you doing here? Uh, I don't know. Is there a daughter involved? And will she be able to do it with or without her daughter? Not without her daughter. Not without my daughter. Uh, there is not a daughter involved. All right. Is there a panic room involved? Will she run into a Victorian panic room? Australian, no. New Zealand no. panic room from 1890? will not be in the panic room until... Well, yeah. Is she going to take a flight... And then her kid's not on the roster, and they're like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. And she gets gaslit on a plane. No, there will not be flight plan until 2005. <laughs> she won't be in a panic room until 2002. She won't be in flight plan until 2005. What about Maverick? Is Maverick going to show up? <laughs> Maverick <laughs> is the same time. you got to give me credit as that. That was the 1800s. <laughs> James Gardner and uh, the movie, the Maverick movie? Yeah. Maverick will be um, was two years earlier in 1994. Now you're looking at that list. Let's yes. what movies has she directed? Because I like her film. Okay, directed. Okay, her debut film as a film director was Little Man Tape. That sounds exactly yeah, right. Right? Yeah. Good movie. Uh, she started her own production company, Egg Pictures, in '92, and she made Nell, which I've yeah. not seen of. I haven't seen Nell. And I don't know, in the Mad 2000s, money. in the early 2000s, she really had setbacks. She she had a film project canceled. She, her production company just shut down. Uh, she wasn't, she, it just failed. But she was like, oh, shit. And she quickly got into, you know, not quickly. She was in four commercially successful thrillers, two of which you've mentioned there's also the inside man and the brave one. So from 2002 to 2007, her career recovered, although her production company had never. But she did back. a movie with George Clooney recently. I saw well, that. She did. She directed like okay. it's called Cuckoo Money or something like that. Not well, Mad there Money. Was, there was a Mon Money Monster. Army Monster. Okay, yeah. so she directed in the 2010s. The Beaver in 2011. That was oh my God, I forgot The Beaver. Have you seen The Beaver? Oh yes, I've been Dear married for 27 Netflix. years. I have seen The Beaver, my friend. Sorry, <laughs> hang on, let me get my coffee in my mouth. Go ahead and say that again. Now look, her husband wasn't home. And so, but the truth is her husband is home and he's peeping tomming her. Right, he had to push Pee Wee meat and the other guys from Porky's out of the way to, to look in there. Yeah, and it, it, he she pushed aside Einstein in Wonderwall. He pushed aside. Yeah, right. Einstein in Wonderwall. Yeah. My turn. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm so absent-minded. I, I forgot my time was up. Now, this is like a very fucked up scene. He shows up in the middle of the night and enters her bedroom and is by her side and like shocks her awake to do it so it's it's not cool and she does not do it i don't know if she smacks him but it was in the trailer i don't recall seeing it in the film i watched it multiple times but let's find out if she slaps him right sure. now i might have said the gender's backwards there she slaps him like get away 
okay, so why would he do this? Show up and yeah. fuck you up. There's yeah. the smack. Wow. It's a bad beginning. But it's setting us up it's for our film that he's yeah. gonna be the bad guy. They're both remarkable actors. I mean, during yeah. the 80s, they played so many different people. Like, yeah, you know, I can't believe the dad from Harry and the Hendersons did that. <laughs> he often would play the maniacal bad guy. He was really good in that. He had like three or four roles with Oh, that. yeah. He did a movie called Raising Cain with Brian De Palma. I honestly feel like he stopped making movies after that. I mean, he did Third Rock for the Sun shortly thereafter, and I was just like, how can you... He just did such an amazing performance that it was like, you can't top that. You know, like, it was so crazy. Okay, now he is taking her to see, like, his businesses. I'm a merchant with a chain of shops. Is that Michael yeah. Murray? Yeah. That's his, that's brother George, and he's going to way fit into this plot, okay? We just saw brother George. We don't know anything about him yet. The first step, there he goes, this is my brother George, but he's a very, he's not <laughs> a real character yet. So he goes, um, I've got a chain of shops, not a big chain, but in 10 years' time, I expect to turn a profit. And I was thinking, 10 years' time? That is a long haul. So anyway, we're, he just, we're, he's walking in, he's the big boss, he's bossing around his brother, who's making reasonable things, like this cheese is gonna go moldy before we sell it. Bring it to the fair for half a crown, you know, and then there'll be a rat. Yeah, oh my God, there it is. Oh, this is so much excitement. Kill that rat. That's what yeah. I'm going to do. Did you see the shovel hit the rat? Yeah. You check the, did the rat die? Oh, God, I did. You know, actually, I was talking to uh, Jim Henson's estate, and when yes. they, they were hired to do the puppetry for as a rat in there, <laughs> and they said then the, now the look, puppeteer's hand got hurt. He got him himself. Oliver Thompson, the boss himself, got the rat. Rat catch It's a big celebration for him. And even George is happy. But George is noticing, look. He's the covered cheese. in flour. For the first time, they make eye contact and a little bit of a connection. He wasn't checking the cheese because that cheese on the table looked kind of moldy. Kind of moldy, right? I was yeah. thinking the same thing. I would sell it to the carnival at half price. Okay, so I never answered your question because we got interrupted. But yeah. she directed in the 2010s, The Beaver Money Monster, eight episodes on Netflix of Netflix of the Orange is the New Black and House of Cards wow. and Black Mirror. So she directed three. That's pretty cool. I was never into the Orange is the New Black, but I watched House of Cards and Black Mirror. I loved. She also directed Carnage in 2011, Elysium yeah. in 2013, a good film. Hotel Artemis in 2018. And she directed movie. Hotel Artemis? Yeah. Well, I saw the Hotel Artemis. Hotel Artemis is good. It's very John Wickian. Listen, uh, you, you know how John Wick has a, a hotel, the Continental? No. This this kind of says the hotel is a hospital, and it's Los Angeles, and there's like a future Los Angeles. So there's like riots, okay. and and it's a safe place for for underworld, and uh, it's good. It's good. Charlie Day's in it from from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh -huh. David Barista's in it. I like that movie. I didn't I realize was she directed it. In the same it. room as Charlie Day once, isn't that? Yeah. 
In what you looked down and noticed? <laughs> um, it was your brother took me to George, no, George Lopez show. And he was uh -huh, a guest. Right. So he was in the green room. And I was in the green room going like this, like trying to <laughs> not be a, you know, starstruck idiot. I didn't even say hello to him. I had every opportunity to. And I was just like, I'm leaving this guy alone. And you know why? Yeah. I won't bring up that story again. The last thing is the Manchurian in 2021 she directed. Oh, which is new. Oh, Manchurian is the Disney TV show, right? Uh, no, I think that's the Mandalorian. I... <laughs> I don't know the Manchurian. It's he. It was not a candidate for my movie. Level. Oh, yeah, it wasn't that a candidate. Okay, so what we're getting now is connection between the brother and um and victoria brother george george is our star trek connection we haven't had one in a long time we've been watching these race film uh crash em up films with hb halicki yeah we just came out i hope you guys have been listening to our show and enjoyed the last three episodes where we watched uh a trilogy of films directed by the late toby hb halicki and it was just car crashes so there was nobody from star trek in in uh that those movies that's right. That's right. Not even a one. Now, okay, what's happening here is basically like we've been married a month and we're not doing it with their saying in their polite way. Right. And then Oliver gets an idea. She would be up close to him if she would be the one to trim his beard. Oh, how stupid. Right. So he's like, Victoria, I tell you, my whiskers are getting a bit long. Perhaps you'd help me out if... And this will be a recurring theme. Like, the closest he can get to sex is getting... Yeah. I really knew what was in her head. Like, we don't understand why she... Like, we see her and George together, but we don't get any spark of chemical that they love each other. This is, look at this real nose hairs, method acting. Now he goes, you're a remarkable woman, Victoria, and she rejects him. Yeah, right. Well, she just picked the nose hairs out of his nose. Yeah, it's not exactly. Yeah. But now he's got a way that she can be close to him. Anytime she wants, he wants to be close to his wife, he says, Would you trim my beard, huh? We're going to go back to the trial and I'll be in the jury box going, She had to do what? Innocent, Your Honor. <laughs> so now we meet the father who's a fucking asshole. And that's a part of the point. And she's like, what is this, a kettle? He's never met the wife ever. And he's already like yelling to take this dog out of the house, you know, and just being a jerk. Right. Well, Anthony Hopkins, you know, he, he was a jerk. Oh, no, it isn't. Oh, it's the, the guy from Hill Street Blues. Uh, no, it's Coach. Listen, Cheers. I looked this guy up and he was hardly anything. So I didn't, his name is yeah. Red Evans. And I didn't find his, him to be interesting. So I didn't write anything down. Do you think he's performing? Where's Red? Check out Red Evans' uh, <laughs> live? itinerary. Yeah, live. That, that live. Yeah, right now he's doing dinner theater. The twist is he's eating dinner. <laughs> and there's no show. That would be an interesting twist on dinner theater, right? You do mm. a some play in which you're at the table, and basically you get, sir, it's the length of your dinner, you know? So anyway, it's like, 
shut the door and he takes advantage of that to go try to have a moment with her and she doesn't go for it but they will in a minute they're going to connect she was at the door by george by george <laughs> <laughs> let me just tell you about this george sure. just because we're keep, on keep, keep talking carl why what oh michael all right so dan shore is george's name I won't waste it now. I'll wait till Mike is back. So here, basically, we're having for the first time, look, there's a secret room. And he says, I used to hide from these horrible people, too, when I was a kid. I'm still hiding from them. And Jodie Foster is learning about this secret room and that they can relate to each other because they both dislike the brother and father or the husband and father-in-law. And now Jody finds the peepholes, and I wish Mike was here for it. And she is traumatized. This asshole's been peeping on me. She's very embarrassed. She has been freely naked and changing, and John Lithgow's been observing. Now, there's a moment in which there's some sort of connection, and I guess they run away together. Uh, I will get there. Look at him contemplating how rough Jodie Foster has it, Victoria has it. Okay, so now it's later, and it's sort of like after dinner cigar kind of thing, sipping the brandy. And the father's like, you need to get home. Okay, Mike, what you miss? She goes upstairs for some reason. He goes upstairs too and, and reveals to her a secret room, George does. And George says, I used to hide in there from, hide in here from them when I was a kid. Sort of relating with her, like, you don't like them, I don't like them, and I've always not liked them, you know? So they have something relatable. But in this secret room, Victoria discovers the peepholes, and she's very emotionally, I mean, she's embarrassed. John Lithgow's been peeping on her, you know, and it hurts. Did he not think that she would not see the peepholes? It's a secret room. It's a hidden room. She didn't know about it until George pushed the wall. Oh, I got you. So now it's like, she bring Lady Victoria downstairs, and then the help reports, she's not in her room, sir. And then the father's like, hmm, not in her room, eh? And then John Lithgow is like, you shouldn't just judge. You're too quick to judge. But it's true. He, She's out and about. He's out in the rain looking for his wife. Right. Victoria! Victoria! So which is a Duran Duran song. Victoria! No, no. No, it's Victor. Well, you know what? I get I get the movie tracks has a song at the end goes victorious. Victorious, victorious. you're a winner. So I always think Victoria. And then yeah, there's exactly. uh Laura Brannigan, right? I think it got your number. Wait, what was the name of that movie? Tracks? With the uh, two X's. One of these guys was in it. Uh what? I'll, yeah, one of someone was in tracks. I'll have to figure it out. 
Wait a second. Robert Davi's in this movie? Shadow Stevens is in this movie? <laughs> oh, we saw tracks. Yeah, right. The the yeah. guy from uh Back to the Future is in it, and I wish I could remember his name. Okay. Uh and there's yeah, yeah, we've seen tracks. I've, I've, I will look it up. Somebody was in tracks. Oh, it was probably our reverend who we haven't met yet. Um, I want you to know. This director uh, was the producer for the Christian Liquor Store. Oh, gone full circle. Yeah. The director's name is Michael Laughlin. He just died last year, and he died in October. So late last year, he just died. And he was the producer in 1971 for the Christian Liquor Store. Now, okay, just so I can finish it, I think you know Strange Invaders, 1983. Right. He was the writer and director for that. That's this cult movie. Okay, now this guy's like, the mistress isn't here. She gave me a crown. She gave me a crown and told me to give you this note. So what's happened is Victoria's running away, and she's running away with George. And she hawked, you know, you can pay money and get it back later. She hawked the horse and carriage and was nice enough to send a note to John Lithgow that said, come, you can pick up your horse. Yeah, right, over at the old pawn shop. So the father and the son are racing down to the docks. What the fuck is going on? They're going to go to the window where the ships, and they want to see the passenger manifest now, now, manifesto. And they find out that, she, well, not the manifesto, the manifest, the list of passengers. There they are on the George Washington sailing for America. Oh, wow. Now the film has an opportunity for us to really, like for her to really reveal her heart and to see a love connection between George and Jody, and we don't see it. She says, I couldn't have stayed in that house another day. It she doesn't. Killed me, you know, we don't really learn. That's why this film is a flat, a bad film. It's on YouTube. It's because there's no spark to this movie. It's even based on a true story. No. Well, you know, also, I, I know that she doesn't go to America because she's at the trial in New Zealand. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now, this is a very important scene. You got to watch it because George is going to get a bonk on the head. So bad, they think he's dead. Who's going to, oh, they're going to bonk him? Well, I'll ruin it for you. It's going to be Jody, my mistake. Victoria has got a candlestick, just like in Clue. Right. Hit John Lithgow, Lithgow on the head, but by mistake. Watch. All right. It's Cluedo, I believe, in New Zealand. Pow! Oh, shit. Yeah. Man, and they're I... like, you killed my brother! Yeah, but that blow was meant for him. Yes, it was. Now, the father, you would think, would be like, my son. But the truth is, he doesn't respect his son. He respects John Lithgow. Eh, but she, he doesn't respect George at all. It, you know, he works for John Lithgow. He's doing the heavy lifting of the business, sort of like a sucker. So now they're rushing Victoria back home where she belongs, goddammit. And they're... John Lithgow's behind to deal with what's happened to his brother. Oh, man. This movie has everything. It's got George. It's got Victoria. Got I just it. thought it was going to be about Victoria. We've got some George in this. 
the so John Laura... comes home and whispers into the ear of his father what happened to the brother. So basically, they both say to Victoria, okay, you might be a murderess, even though it's a manslaughteress, but nobody's going to know. I took care of it. I stowed him away on the ship to America. We're just going to say he went to America. We never heard from him again. So you're safe and you've got us to thank. You're a very lucky young lady. Just take the rap. These credence. Yeah, that's not why she's in court in the beginning, because she killed George. You know, so it's Laura Brannigan, I just want to finish, has the song Gloria. So when I hear Victoria, right? Yeah. I think of Gloria, Victoria. Gloria, what? You done Victoria. Victoria, I know it. Yeah, but it tracks as the song is Victorious. You're a winner, which, you know, Carl and I were like, what kind of lyrics? This just goes right over our heads. <laughs> the, the lyrics say, you're, you're a winner. winner. <laughs> Why can't he, what is he talking about? Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, now, <laughs> is there a translate button? Now, George, we're not going to see for a lot of the film now, okay? Because yes. he's dead. Allegedly. Allegedly. So the house well, is going to be burning in the final reel. It's, it's damsels in distress. And who breaks open the door? Right. He's the Bruce Willis of this film. Right. He's in the beginning, he's in the end, and now he's got dementia. Okay, so <laughs> George is our Star Trek connection. He was in Star Trek Gen The Next Generation as a Ferengi doctor, and he reprises that role on Star Trek Voyager. But he was also in Solar Crisis 1990, which we saw. Yes, I remember that. Ghoulies 3, Ghoulies Go to College, <laughs> which we saw. We said that too, yeah. Over oh, 300 is. episodes. We've seen a few of his films. Other than that, he was in Tron, as sort of as a bit player. He was in Air Force One as a bit player. He was in the Tron remake. He was in Strange Invaders. As Strange, Strange Invaders, I think, is it the Randy Quaid movie? Just off the top of my head. I know there's like... I, there's spaced invaders and there's yes. strange invaders. I, I don't know. Do you do you recommend? You haven't seen it. You don't I haven't seen either one. I've seen the posters. I had the ability to stream and or uh, check out the video and the you know, and mm -hmm. I just don't think I've ever bothered. Doesn't so now bad. we're seeing. So we're hearing Jodie Foster going. He won. I was his wife. Life went on as. She, he expected, I was pregnant with his child. Oh, so they did it. Yeah, that's the thing. They did it. And we don't have any insight into, I mean, we should really see a scene in which John Lithgow was like, come on, we got to have a kid here. Why are we married? Open up, let the sun shine in. Okay. <laughs> but we don't get that scene. Now, I don't know if this is very honest. Here we are in 1880, earlier than 18. Look, here she is in her bedroom having a trauma because he, she knows. Knows, he's looking. He's peeping, yeah. Ugh. Still, though, we don't understand. Like, in the orphanage, there should have been some scene in which she was little, in which she got some sort of sexual titillation, and then, like, a priest chastised her. We should have some backstory. Now look, she's looking up chloroform. Right. See, she's got the chloroform. She's putting it in his drink. 
And no, it's just cornflakes. The, what this does, she found out from somewhere, because it's 1880, she didn't have the internet, that this will chill him out and he'll stop being so lusty or something like that. What the duck's up on the wall? What the duck, man? I guess that's dinner in two days. Yeah, right. right. You gotta let it sit out. You gotta cover it in salt, man. Now the father goes, what do you think of this? It's a letter to Miss Victoria Thompson from George. It really? He's not dead. Here, the... Victoria. Ouch. <laughs> Ow. The fuck, girl? Oh, I forgive fuck. you. Ouch. You are a lady bastard. Yeah. The letter opens up. What happened? <laughs> what happened? Where am I? Oh, did we win the war? Now, you would think that the, yeah, it wasn't like when H.B. Halicki woke up. Did we get the shot? Yeah. <laughs> now, you would think the father would go, holy shit, my son is alive. Holy shit, I'm happy. But he's not. He's like, if she ever finds this. Okay, now we see Jodie Foster out in town, and she's going to a lawyer. But. Who's following her? Thompson, the, who, who has been the butler. Who has been the helper? Oh, the she's saying time. the butler. Yeah. No, no, not the butler did it. He's like the servant of the house. There's two servants, a woman and a man. He's the man. Now the lawyer's scoffing at her request to divorce. Right, because, as as it was during the time. Yeah, well, it's simply not done. He says this man doesn't beat you. This man is respectful to you. This man has gives you the comforts of his home. You got three dogs. He says, if every woman got divorced in the Bay Islands, there'd be no children. Oh, poppycock, go back to your, know your place, woman. Guys, swinging. Listen, as a, as a polygamist, I'm appalled. I'm appalled. It's against my morals. Can you imagine if my eight wives divorced me? Ridiculous. What would I do? Okay, I could lose one. There's only seven nights a week, but... <laughs> But that's it. Oh, look. Do you, do you think she was number 27? Next. Yeah. Next. <laughs> so That's an old-timey calendar. It's a calendar. So she is saying to herself, like, I must free myself. Again, it's a weakness of the film. We really don't understand what's going on. So there's lots of pictures and postcards from George. He really misses Victoria. Because it's 1880, he has no idea if it's... Okay, Even getting there. Well, Wilson comes home, uh, not Wilson. George. Old Thompson. Old Thompson comes home and explains that she was at a lawyer's. What the fuck? You know, she's trying to divorce you, sir. Okay, now we're at church and we're learning this new character. Um, who is Wilson? That's why I keep saying Wilson by mistake. Yeah. He's Reverend Wilson. You know this guy's face. He's been in yeah. a He was in Manhattan with Woody Allen. That's where I got to know him from. He was in MASH. Oh, yeah. He looks like he was in every other episode. Of yes. MASH. Well, He's no, uh, a... the movie. The movie. Oh, the movie? Oh, all right. He was in Batman Returns uh, in 92. He was Right. In... He was in the line of, right behind Batman at the Returns line at Macy's. He was the mayor. He was the mayor. At he the was Returns like... line? Yeah, Batman Returns. I like to return this. Walmart? Yeah, he's like, this cow doesn't fit. <laughs> I want to return this bad hook. What seems to be the... Do you have a receipt? Do you have a receipt? A Batman. A Batman. Fucking stole oh, we this. We need a receipt. 
Let's see, I need to know the date of purchase and the purchase amount, uh, the item. Uh, should be all in your receipt, Batman. So now John Lithgow is walking Jody home going, Listen, you fucking bitch. I know you are at the goddamn lawyers to divorce me. I can't trust you. From now on, you will be accompanied by old Thompson everywhere you go. Old Thompson is, is Pennywise, right? Alfred, he's the, the butler. I don't want to say butler because he, he does everything. He's, he watches he's, the dogs. He's, he's like Dom DeLuise in Going Bananas. It's, it's his manservant. Now you right? see her fainted. Did you see in the field? He's yeah. walking with her and he's like, you will be a company. Okay, now she's giving birth. And now it's going to be not without my daughter. But guess what? The whole film's going to be without her daughter. Can you guess why? Oh, no. Well, she can't even do that right. Uh, well, let's give a warning because I think I know what's going to happen. Well, it's not going to be so tragic because it's a movie and, you oh, know. No. Yep. Now, I just, I, okay, this is the last time I'll say it for the entire film. Sure. If we knew what was in her heart, this film would be a good drama that we'd Ooh, be into. This, I remember this scene from the trailer last week. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's three feet under because it's an infant. You know what? Young Mike has a whole book full of uh, stillborn jokes. Oh, yeah. Back in 19. That sounds right. Yeah, I thought that was hysterical. I remember I used to say to you every now and again, I used to say, Michael, don't you have any conscience? Don't you have any? Where you sure got it now, boy? Yeah, you no, I've, uh, I caught up on my conscience. Oh, man. You used to say, uh, you know, look, okay. I no, like I middle know. Mike. Like, I didn't like, did like that. I loved you, but I, I didn't, it was really too far. You had no filter. I liked you. I still like 1992 through 1994, Mike, the best. Right. Well, that was after I got a filter. That's when I developed a filter. That's when I wasn't wild. you started driving to San Francisco, right? Right. And you crash landed there. And I didn't see you in person. I sent you the letters. And you developed a moral compass somewhere. Uh You grew up. I left New Jersey. (laughs) That's what it was? Yeah. No, I don't know. Okay, now Wilson will begin to prominently fit into the, you know, God, I'm God has cursed me now. God would never judge you for this. <laughs> He's fell into our plot. Um, yeah, I've seen him in let everything. Me just tell you, he was in an unmarried woman in '78, and that's how he really got to have fame. It's what led to Manhattan with Woody Allen. Wow. And he would be he he was in What's Up Doc. Now, this movie was also released under the title of My Letter to George in 1985. Even though it's 86, I don't get it. And that's his credit. This movie, to him, is not mesmerized. He was in private parts. Um, the, which one, the 70s movie or the, the, the Howard Stern movie? 97. So that's Howard Stern. Yes, he was in The Island. He was in oh. X-Men. Yeah, I've seen him in everything. I mean, I, I've, obviously, I've family. seen those films. Yeah, he's he's uh, he was on L.A. Law. You know this guy. You know his face, and he often plays the like corrupt politician or the corrupt military general or the like. He's often an authority he's the, figure. Right, he's the stiff uh, shirt. 
right? Who's got something going on. So now she comes to visit and she's like turning on the charm as if he's an escape route from her marriage, but that won't play out. Okay. What instead will happen, he'll be like, for a pagan, for a reverend, you sure do have a lot of pagan collections. One of the things he has is a hypnotism book. And like, she will fall in love with the concept of hypnotism. It will fascinate her. It would memorize her? Mesmerize, no. Fascination and mesmer... No, when you're mesmerized, you you're like hypnotized. see phys a physical object and you're going to a trance kind of thing. Like a hypnotist trance? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I said, I said a letter to George. A letter <laughs> from George? Um, okay. The titles, the titles, where are they? Here they are. Mesmerized during production and upon release in Australian. Yeah. The UK, it was released in the US in 86 as My Letter to George. Elsewhere, okay. it was called Shocked. Yeah. I guess um, they had a problem with My Letter with George. They're like, I don't know. It doesn't have much... It should be a shocking title. People should be mesmerized over this title. I now want you to, you know what? Never mind. I got it. But look, she's about, okay, John Lithgow is like, come clip my nose hair. And she goes, oh, fuck oh, this again. Boy, and she discovers George's letters. Ah, Las Cartas. No, no, he's not Jorge. He's George. <laughs> now, this is stupid, this title. It's titled My Letter to George. But in the plot, she receives a letter from George. But this would be the letter that she would respond to George. Like she doesn't respond. Maybe she does. Maybe she does. Like but George I don't Thompson. see it. So she, he, she has discovered now that George is alive and it's trauma. Yeah. But a positive trauma too, even though we don't get in her head. Well, her hair's her hair is preventing that. Yeah, that's right. Her quaff. Her quaff. Buffont. There's oh, old, yeah, old, there's uh, old Thompson. Old Thompson, sorry. I get you old people mixed up. It's like whatever. Uh young Thompson, can I have a cigar? It's old Thompson. Get my name right. <laughs> uh turn it up. She'll start making jokes and stuff now. Listen, listen. You want excitement? Come down to the shop. Both of you. We've had more business than we can handle. Uh, it's been an excellent autumn. Yeah, here comes your big show. Excellent weather, too. <laughs> okay, that's good. So now. If you funny. do say so. Well, it's saying you go on and on about your fucking business. I, I'm, I'm writing some jokes right now. Do you mind? <laughs> and then I'm not. Oh, I'm stealing that from the for the open. Steal it for Jodie Foster. Discredit her. So. Yeah. No, no, I only steal from you, Michael, because I steal that <laughs> Okay, so I steal from Jodie Foster. 
yeah, well, then I'm not stealing from you anymore. Yeah. I steal from you, and I steal from Amy Schumer. That's what she's going to say. I stole that first! So Wilson super laughed at her joke, and John Lethgow was laughing at it because, oh, I blow, I'm a blowhard. And then he sees the, he does, he's a little jealous. Right. And there they are walking alone together, you know. Looks lovely. The, yeah, you know, New Zealand people were pissed off about this film. Because um, it's a true life, you know, scandal. No, not no. The true life scandal actually happened in London. This is extremely loosely based on it. Oh, okay. let me tell you about that first. Sure. It's called the Pimlico mystery or the Pimlico poisoning mystery. Okay. The name given to the circumstances surrounding the 1886 death of Thomas Edlin Burlett, not even the same name, possibly at the hands of his wife. Adelaide Blanchett Barlett in the... Not even the same name. No. Uh, A fatal quantity of chloroform was found in Mr. Barlett's stomach, despite not having it caused any damage to his throat or windpipe. No evidence of how it got there. Therefore, she was acquitted. The jury's own statement. The the prosecution could not prove how Mrs. Barlett could have committed the crime. So Mm -hmm. she was... And that's it. Now... Here, John Lithgow is going, I asked you to cut my nose hair and you still haven't done it. And she's going, listen, this is a fascinating book about hypnotism. Really? Yeah. I'm all ears. Why don't we listen again? Okay, here we go. Do not, oh, if I listen, am I going to get hypnotized? No. This is a re- this isn't the hypnotism. Exactly. Unconsciousness. Precise of experiments. You are getting sleepy. You are get- you are asleep. You know what I'm waiting for? I've been waiting here for an hour or more. Now when they first Clip saw my head, I thought he was talking about sex. He was like, you know what I'm waiting for. But he's got the scissors in his hand. He's talking about getting his transference of the teacher's wheel into the unconscious of the student. So doing, it creates a link between the two that proves impossible to sever. Now, I think he just needs a little chloroform. I got to turn that. He did. He, I don't think he's going to be talking anymore. Yeah. So, so she has been giving him chloroform, but according to the plot, it's innocent in that she just thought this was a, a methodology to make him go to sleep and leave her the fuck alone already. Okay, now in this scene, the hypnotism will play out and Victoria will get hypnotized and John Lithgow will see this as an opportunity to be intimate with his wife. <laughs> any any other fads from the 1800s we're going to see here from Australia? Maybe some roller skating? Uh, what else? Hypnotism? Yeah, uh, heroin in your, uh, you know, Coke in Coffee. your Coca-Cola. A little chloroform in your wine. So uh, there's tension between Wilson and John Lithgow because he's jealous, but it never plays out. He still is a good friend and invites him over all the time. It, it never... This film always doesn't go all the way all the time. Right. 
Now, so he's like, John Lithgow, you're not a good candidate for hypnotism. And he's insulting him by politely, by just saying the truth. You're not smart enough to <laughs> in a trance. She goes, what about me? And he goes, ah, now you, you're one brainy broad. So he's going to switch to her. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, it's be more interesting. And he's like, I must warn you, this is an, uh, you know, a new science. We don't know the implications. Right. The, we don't know. I'm willing to try it. She's very fascinated for it, by it. And her getting hypnotized, it's kind of what she wants. She wants to understand hypnotism. She thinks it's like the whammy jammy, just magic, you know. So she wants to be under the spell of hypnotism. He wants to know all about hypnotism. So watch somebody else. If you won't do it to him, then do it to me. Now look at John Liskow's thighs and knees. This is how the director shows us he's lustful. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, this is the reason why this movie had an R rating. <laughs> That was a body double. Uh, John Lithgow was like, I'm not going to demean myself. Right, that's right. Yeah. I'm not Get a body double in there. And they were like, why not? You see how she's putting her hands together? Like, she's already hypnotized. He's got the whammy jammy. You know, what she was wait, afraid. Wait, no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I've, this is the fourth time I've seen this film and I'm wrong. I, I think it's Wilson who's rubbing his... His thighs, oh... Maybe it was part of the hypnotism. They were in the same pants. Yeah. It's the same style. One has the best, one doesn't. You see my body double, Wilson. <laughs> you know, once she was afraid, she was petrified. She was mesmerized. <laughs> Knowing how I live without you in my life. This film's the opposite of that. Now he goes, he goes, kiss the one you love. And and he bullies his way in to get kissed. Right. Yeah. She doesn't even go to the one she loves. Right. And now Will <laughs> John Lithgow's like, you may retire now, Wilson. Thank you for yeah. coming over. You you may go. And he's like, well, I have to break the trance first. And he's like, but go ahead, turn it on. Let's hear. Okay. Well, you don't think your husband unable to take care of her adequately? Wilson, she's my wife. My wife. I kissed her after That's 17 years. He's like, I'll think I'll take a stroll before bed if that's okay with you. As if he didn't just tell him, get lost. Right. Uh, Mr. Hefner, you don't have to say it twice. I'll leave the mansion. <laughs> no, it doesn't work out. He doesn't get a sexual encounter with her. No, she comes out of the trance, right? No. No, she's still in the trance. See, this is why they're like, this is shocking. This is mesmerizing. Why can't we change the title? This has nothing to do with the letter. And and even a letter to George should be a letter from George. I, now, look, I, here we have a very important scene. There are rats. Because we saw it earlier that right. the director was setting us up or the writer. Well, the director wrote this too, by the way. It was based on a story by Jerzy Golemowski. Skolimowski, 
and Jersey's not spelled like New Jersey. It's got a Z in it. Right. But, yeah. um, but the director made the screenplay, Michael Laughlin. Uh, let me just tell you this guy. Okay, so they're killing the rats, and how are they killing them? Chloroform. Oh. And this will fill it, go into our trial and the doctor's diagnosis. Okay, this director did The Whisperers, Jonah, Tulane Blacktop. Tulane Blacktop, we know Wait that. Wait a minute, no, 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 that's Monty Hellman. We we know that. Oh, he was the producer, excuse right, me. Right, right, right. Tulane Blacktop. Um, producer for Dusty and Sweets McGee. Hey, can I mention, one. I don't want to mention Christian Liquor's store, but Monty Hellman was an actor in that movie. Uh-huh, well, that makes total sense. Right. He was a producer for it. And he, that's how that Hollywood party happened in the Christian liquor store because of this director. Oh. He wrote and directed Strange Behavior and Strange Invaders, 81 and 83. And then in 2001, he did Town and Country. He also shot in New Zealand a horror. Whoa, 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 whoa. back up. Town and Country, the, the, is that the, the Warren Beatty movie with Gary Shandling? I don't know. I didn't there look was, it up. What, what year was it? Okay, so I'm going to bet the farm on this. There was a movie that was so overproduced that was going to lo- make the, the studio lose tons of money, and that film was called Town and Country. It was a comedy that, that Warren Beatty was producing, and it just skyrocketed, and uh, it was finally released, and it was unceremoniously dumped, and they considered it one of the biggest flops based on the number of screens, the, the actual production, and the amount the movie took in. It mm-hmm. was a huge disaster. So uh, and I seen it, I seen it in the theater. That's that's why I, I had to stop you there. Do do you suggest I see it? No. No. Okay. Well, Charlton Heston's there, and he, there's a scene where he has a gun, and he's like, "Get out of my lawn," or whatever. But uh-huh. yeah, no, no. It's a uh, if you're a fan of Gary Shanley's show, he you know, Born Beatty would play himself, and they would be partnered up. So it was kind nice. of neat to see a follow through. And he's he's also in uh, a love story. Remember, like uh, Warren Beatty did a movie with Annette Bening. Where they're in love. Yes. So Gary Shanley shows Bugsy up. Mo- that was. That wasn't Bugsy. That was like. I don't remember, but. All right, I got to tell you for the plot, right? Yeah, please. John Lithgow's totally sick. And so the doctor's like, I would like to speak with your husband alone, please. So Jodie Foster goes out of the room. Victoria goes out of the room, sort of with her ear on the door like a cup. And basically, he's like, This is poison. You got poisoned. What the fuck? Do you trust your wife? Do you trust her? And then she's overhearing it. So she comes back into the room and says, did you tell the doctor about the rats? And then then it comes out that, you know, he was definitely, see him coughing? Yeah. Of course I was there. You don't think I'm going to let the little bastards eat me out of home? Stop my stook? Rat ass twoies. <laughs> Rat ass Fucking red ass twoies. I don't <laughs> care if he's cute and endearing. I didn't see the film. I don't get the. I know it has nothing to do with the food. They I love cheese. I've eaten red twoies hundreds of times. I talked over you. I missed your comment. Sometimes I listen back to our show and same. Fuck, I missed it. It was same. so funny what you said. You were you were very angry that I went out to get coffee two three weeks ago. I I learned that the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> because I was there alone. I was like, dah, 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 dah. well, sometimes, you know, in the studio, there'll be a knock at the door and I have to go uh-huh. check in. Yeah, and if, oh, you have pot. Oh, hello. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, just pot delivery. 
Just kidding. It was Pot awesome. delivery. So okay, usually, so yeah. You see that he is getting better. He can be out of his bed. He can, you know, he goes, you don't have to push this thing. We can get old Wilson to do it. I like, I don't mind. It's good exercise. And I don't know. He's getting better is what this. Are they bonding? Like. Are they becoming no. friends? Okay. They bond in that. If you live in the same place with the person and it's like the 1800s and you ain't going nowhere, who right. else is there to talk to? And of course you have frames of reference. Remember last week, Wilson washed the dogs. What a joke. You know, though so they know each other well and they're more than acquaintances. They've had sex. They've tried to have a kid, but no, they don't bond. They don't love each other. You see what I was saying about the film? Like, is he really so horrible, right? I mean, she went to the... He is. He is horrible because, look, look, he's looking for... She's looking for those letters. Okay, yeah. He's a piece of shit for hiding George. He's a piece of shit for for peeping Tom on her. Yeah. Even though you can understand the lustful desire of a man when there's no internet pornography, there's no side chicks, there's no nothing but your wife and... I mean, I'm married and I'm I'm like, I don't get it. Like I'm a teenager and I don't get any. But still, you don't do that. You don't do that. That's creepy. But back then they had to like swipe blood right to indicate that they were attracted to you. <laughs> you had to swipe blood right. Okay, so she's reading. We're seeing a flashback of when he was writing it. And he's like, yeah, listen, let's listen. Oh, Johnny on the spot. Thanks, Mike. Hey, I had this really good sandwich the other day. You should check out this place, Jersey Mike's. I'm, uh, he goes, LOL. Um, I, I, it was my fault that time. The, the voiceover already happened. No, I heard it. Yes, uh, there's still a Blimpies on Bloomfield Avenue. Can you believe really? it after all those years? Didn't I send you a picture of where the, no. Crazy Rhythms Record Store, yeah. which is in The Sopranos. Really? So he shows up in Montclair a lot. He goes to the pharmacy and watch on Plaza in, in the first season. And of course, you know, the junior drops, gets his high school girlfriend from Montclair High. But there's a scene like where he gets shot. It's right outside of Crazy Rhythms. Uh-huh. So. Well, I guess West Caldwell is very close to Montclair. And that's where, or was he lives, it Caldwell? He lives, he lives in Kearney, doesn't he? Like the. Uh, no, uh, that's where the, that, that, uh, shop with the pig on it the butcher yeah, shop is that's in kearney that's a mobster is that their office i don't know they're at butta bing a lot i don't know yeah butta bing the famous club butta bing so jody foster says to uh the servant lady whose name is i don't know she's so such a nothing in this film is it uh, zoe bell oh zoe bell's first role uh, there's no Zoe Bell in this film. Um, it's... it doesn't ring a Zoe Bell. Okay. So she's like, I'll get his dinner for him. And of course it's because she's putting chloroform. She's now learned, look at him. Yeah. She has now learned that he is dying from chloroform. She was giving him chloroform. Now the rats have come along. This is her chance to fucking kill him. So now he's talking about how he had a dream. 
One of the things I don't get is there's no evidence that chloroform destroyed his throat, so how could it have gotten to his stomach? But meanwhile, this film claims that she's doing it. So how does that... It seems like he, like she was giving him this poison, then he was in the room full of poison. Mm-hmm. And so she's deciding, like, how much more poison do I need? Well, no, she's she learned from the doctor it's the poison that's doing it. And oh. then we had the scenes, the, the, the segment in which he was getting better. And so Jodie Foster's like, okay, well, fate isn't going to do this for me. I got to step in and do this on my own. So now she's feeding him chloroform every meal. Oh, I want you to rest up, have some soup, guys. See, your wife had made you some cream chloroform, cream chloroform soup. <laughs> cream and chloroform. Now, one thing that does not make sense to the plot is she will tell the doctor that she was giving him chloroform to get him to stop being so lustful. Of course, she won't say it that way. And she's also sort of coming on to the doctor in an 1880s way. When there was no sexuality in Victoria, not Victoria, England, but Victoria times, just touching a hand, a woman shouldn't be doing that. No. And so it was, you know, like you see a little of her leg, you never see a woman's leg. So it was, you know. So I don't understand why, but she reveals to him that she's been doing it. I'll tell you to turn up the sound for that conversation. Cause it's okay. I got this. I got my hand on the, on the studio board. Now look at him looking at her. I don't think it's lustful. I think he's suspicious. I don't know. I think right. he's I mean, suspicious. He, he looks at him. He looks at her. He looks at him. He's putting the pieces together. He's like yeah. an idiot uh, Perot. But, but she'll actually tell him. You think Perot movies would be a lot more fun if he was an idiot? It was, like, hey. It's Poirot, and Poirot. they did that with Inspector Clues Up. Oh, I got you. It's been done. I saw Death on the Nile, the latest Poirot movie. Mm-hmm. They give the origin of his mustache. Um, he he uh, claims that it wasn't true, and that was. But oh no, I'm thinking of Death on Denile. Denial. <laughs> Of a you know, death is not just a death of denial. It's not just a river. It's not just a death on a boat on a river. So the doctor is taken to staying with him all the, all the time because he doesn't understand why he's not getting better. He had chloroform exposure. He didn't die from it. Therefore, he should be getting better. So he's contemplating it. And he would be in the one of the first ads that says, smoking's good for you. Take it from a doctor. Take it from a doctor. Now with asbestos. This guy, he's known for a film called Klein Ham Summer in 82, A Cry in the Dark in 88, and Time Tracks. That's how I messed that up in 93. Oh, I see. Not tracks, but time right. tracks. Right, time tracks. That sounds kind of cool. I feel like I should go into the YouTube and see if time tracks, whatever 93. that is. 93, time tracks. He was in 40, he's got 42 credits as an actor. He was no slouch, but he wasn't prominent, big deal actor. Okay. Time Tracks, 1993. Did you spell it with an X, of course. Time Tracks. You know it's a bad movie when your Alexa commits suicide after that request. 
Mm, it says time tracks. It says forgotten television. It's a television show. Oh, uh, here's episodes of it. Season one. It it was a show. Hey, you know, I just turned to this movie and they're pulling his teeth out. His teeth are loose from chloroform. That's one of the things that happens. Right. And his, for some reason, they got to pull it out. Like it got loose, his gums bleed, and now he's having like some sort of root canal kind of thing. So they're taking the problematic tooth out, and it's easy to take out. How do you do it? Look, they're taking them all out. You see that? Yeah. How do you do it? We're watching it. Even though he wasn't from America, from then on, his nickname at the shop would be the Yank. <laughs> at the dentist's office, that was his nickname. That bloody mouth. He goes, there you, this is what you've done. What? See, I see this was What? You see, it's, it's being said out loud, even though no one's saying it out loud. He just throws the teeth. You know, he doesn't say, you're killing me. This film kind of doesn't explain itself. I bet you it makes sense in the in the story, but I don't know. I don't know. He doesn't have much long to live, right? I mean, he's got this poison that's dropping his teeth out, and yeah, I guess. Oh, they're waiting for their DoorDash. <laughs> it's been forty minutes to order pizza. Oh, here's the mean old man. Yeah, the father is um the father just says okay, John Lithgow's not dead yet, but when he dies, the father will be like, You fucking did this. I'll see you in court. Okay, well there he is dead. There you he is. See. So this is the big event. The the um the tagline is there's two of them. A love triangle of passion and murder. So I guess the triangle's got George. to be... Yeah. The ultimate price is paid for a young girl's loss of innocence. I think that is a unfair tag. It doesn't fit the movie, but that's the tag. Right. Um, this was filmed in Australia and New Zealand, and there was a protest about it, also in the United Kingdom and the U.S. But Why I don't was there a protest? Which... Because they took the story, they make New Zealanders look like like New Zealanders weren't in it. Here it is. In a paper article entitled Actors Choose Direct Protest, published June 2184 in New Zealand's Auckland Star, the paper reported, Actors' Equity will consider direct protests against an action against the $1.5 million film production, even though it was $4.5 million. Uh, mesmerized, spelled with an S, not a Z, because they're New Zealanders, Weird. for its use of five overseas actors. They so there's Jody, there's Murphy, there's Lithgow, there's three, right? Yes, and they're, and I don't know the others. Okay, now they're doing the art autopsy and they'll find no damage through his throat. That's, okay, um, New Zealanders had been deprived of work for those roles. He says that Jodie Foster was famous enough, famous enough to give extra box office attractiveness overseas, but the others were not. Um, 
The producer, Tony Guayne, is in, in the, interested in the slightest bit of casting America's over-auditioning Kiwis. That's their own nickname for themselves. Right. The company is just using New Zealand. What the fuck? So that's... Um, wow, that must have been a big deal back then because who gives a shit now? The Auckland offices of Ch Challenge Corporate Services, the film's backers, and threatened to disrupt the shoot, but they never did. You know, I, I, I'm going to take that back. Of course, you know, there's a lot of productions where you, you see the lead and you're like, why is this guy playing this? Can't yeah. they find someone else? Like, they really need, like, you know, Matthew McConaughey to play this guy? Can't they? Uh, uh, so, yeah, I can see that. They could have well, gone with a New Zealand. Directors make choices based on who it's draw. It's all right. Box office draw. Now, the casting director doesn't really make the choice unless it's a minor role. It's it's up to the directors. They arrange the um, auditions and such. And the directors and producers, they make choices with the casting director. Okay, now she has been arrested and she's accused of murder. She's talking to a barrister and finds out the barrister she really wanted has gone away. And it's basically like, I'm fucked now. You know, it's basically... The director showing us she's in peril, she's in danger, she's going to be, you know, she'll be hanged if she's a, if they find out that she murdered him. And the, and the, the the film has made no secret that she did. Yeah, even though they don't know it from the true story. Well, so then I guess the excitement of the film is this trial. Will she get away with it? Yeah. Well, yes. I that's the excitement of this trial. I guess. The ups and downs is it looks like she's going to get killed. Gonna <laughs> look get at that guy. Look, do you see the guy staring out the window, staring from outside? Like he's. I'll watch when I see look, Jimmy yeah. again. You see that? Like it's a full courtroom to the point where people are outside the windows gawking. Into, <laughs> gawking in Auckland, New Zealand. You know, no wonder they call it Auckland. 1880. You can't go to the movies. There is no TV. There's right. no internet. There's no. I mean, the paper is the most you have. I mean, a trial like this, fucking shit, something's going on. Check it Gough, out. You know? Gockland, New Zealand. I mean, these go, these, there'll be a wine uncorking downtown. Come on. You know, it's like they go to anything. Sure. Now, here's the doctor. I don't know. Basically, the first half of the trial is all sorts of damning evidence. And by the way, the scene in which they... He reveals to him it didn't show up um when i first started watching this film i watched a different channel and the quality of the video was pretty bad i discovered this one i said i'm switching to this one so the third time i watched this i watched it with this and i guess i didn't notice that scene had been omitted she admits the chloroform she even shows him the bottle she touches his hand sort of like help me kind of thing that's strange that's cut from the scene. This I movie guess, just... or it, did you see a scene in which he was no? Chloroform bottles. Re Reverend, Reverend Shaw, we're calling you out, Reverend Shaw. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but in the other, and the other channel, I watched the whole thing. We didn't see them bathing. Remember at the orphanage, they were. We didn't see that. So I think I remember that scene. That's the one with three women in a tub bathing. It was all the women, and they were wearing their clothes, even though they were in the bath. Yeah, I think I remember. Well, that showed up in this cut and not the other channel. 
Oh, go ahead. Listen, let's see if the chloroform's getting taught. Oh, here it is. Turn it up. Here it is. I was wrong. It's a flashback. Touching. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. But this is his word right now. This is in his story. He's remembering and not telling the court. Not telling the court. He's keeping it to himself. Quiet him when he got too insistent. I, I applied a drop to his face and a pad of cotton wool. So she. All right, she admitted. No, no, turn it up, turn it up. Come on. This is the whammy jammy. Here's the chloroform. Ooh. Now he gives it a sniff like a dummy. Yes, it's really chloroform. Two, three, timber. Drop, watch it drop. Whoa! No more of the whammy jammy, lady. There were some four, possibly five fluid answers. Which we didn't see when it when it crashed. What he's saying is, yes, I saw chloroform, but I also saw all sorts of chemicals that are used for cleaning, you know? So right. he's lying to the court. About, he doesn't reveal the conversation in which she actually admits she gives him chloroform all the time. Okay, I'm trying to see the gawkers outside. I see faces. Yeah, look, it looks like the movie Popeye, where they're all staring out the windows like that. <gasps> but do they hear? No, not really. They just, you know, maybe there's a color commentary guy outside. <laughs> Priest, uh hunts on the chloroform question interesting he uh, of course had a flashback you know the thing is i just i'm i'm blown away that that jody foster's acting is so flat it must have been that's the way they saw the character because you know her career when we saw bugsy malone i was reading you the stat that like at the age of 13 she had done 10 films and been on tv series yeah. Right, we watched her in Bugsy Malone, yeah, and uh, which I didn't remember for some reason last week. Now, the internet claims that her breakthrough film was Taxi Driver, and that would go on to Little Foxes. So right. even though she had been very active, even in Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, and, he, and Disney's Napoleon. When did she do Freaky Friday? That was in 76, and she became okay. like a teen idol off of that for a short while. Right. She wasn't in uh, Bad News Bears, right? Am I? No. No. I know what you say. No, that. I know who I'm thinking of. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm thinking of someone else. Okay, now, this is also a flashback. It's a scene that we didn't see. I mistakenly thought that we saw this stuff before the trial. Right, but now... So... When he's about to die, he'll like try to choke her to death, but he'll die in the middle of trying to strangle her. But she knows the truth. She is a killer and she is hiding from, okay, he is, she's like, he's like, read to me. And it's a little bit analogous to their real life situation. Go ahead, listen again. Okay, sure. Oh, I do not like green eggs and ham. <laughs> There's an axiom I believe among polite lovers that nothing is sacred. The intention of conquest. 
Their winnings unintentionality is most effective. His own is Ofkins. Both with set herself to study and imitate the habits of her sex. She applied for information. She was not unsuccessful. In due time glided into matrimony with Sir John Maida, a gentleman who had been baroneted for some excellent Sophie. We're seeing film. Remember the chloroform? Remember the scissors? I don't remember the chloroform. I remember seeing the bottle. Mm-hmm. I remember a napkin being placed on my nose. A hanky. Okay, so she stops reading when he, like, that, you know, gazes out. I I, I don't know. He... She's trying to hypnotize him. She is trying to hypnotize him. You are a chicken! You know, calm down. Did you notice that bottle of chloroform says uh, pocket handkerchief not included? (laughs) That's right. Cotton balls sold separately. Sold separately. Now look, she's rubbing her knee. It's the hypnotism thing. And he He's going to be like, you're fucking trying to kill me. And so he's going to try to choke her. Resist. Death. Yeah. So it's like, is he's the jerk bad guy of the film who is getting murdered. Do you see what I mean? It isn't so black and white, cut and dry that he's the bad guy. The placement of the mirror was tilted, maybe not to show the camera. Oh. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, they've been doing natural light. Talking about getting gaslit. I mean, the whole room's lit by gas and like <laughs> no, candles. It's all candles. All no, candles. there's no there's gas. no gaslight. Carl, there's no gaslighting in this movie. I've been trying to tell you that. What are you crazy? Carl, you really think there's gaslighting in this movie? I am telling you there's none. I promise you. you. Use your eyes, dummy. Who are you gonna believe? Your eyes or me? You're lying, guys. Hey, I'm Chico Marx. You're you crazy. You're crazy. Oh, did Chico Marx do that? He has a line. I think it's in Duck Soup where he goes, so you can, you, you can believe me or your lying eyes. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, so I guess this is the choker out scene. Look at that. They drop. Yeah. Oh, she's, oh, no. He's like, go. Oh, get him manually. What a good actress. She loosely, lo- her thumb got loose. Uh-oh, she's up. Bus, strangle you. waiting for him to die. She just keeps waiting. Like you said, there wasn't television back then. They didn't have internet. Right, so she, you know, we're watching paint dry. Yeah, ooh, I can't. I, my husband's dying in front of my eyes. I, ta- I promise I'm watching I it's that. a better show. Hate We're it. watching Tivo. grass grow. Yes, but I'm watching my husband die. It's a much TiVo better. it. TiVo, come on over. It's grass. Is... <laughs> <Tivo it. laughs> oh, yeah. She's like, it's happening. It's happening. He's dying. He's dying. It's happening. And then I'll he's just like, place no, his I'm... hands in strangle position but and I'm walk not... away. <laughs> in strangle position. Oh, there's the fainting couch. Uh, what is she looking at? What is this film doing? There's What's some... going on in her mind? We never learn. We never find out. Is old Thompson having a bonfire? I guess. And he's got three of them going. Oh, right. 
Look, I smell s'mores. Somebody's cooking hot dogs on a stick. Bus <laughs> murder foster. Hey, that's funny. She was a foster child, but she wasn't. She was an orphan. It wasn't. It's not the same. She wasn't a foster child. Her last name was Foster, but she was an orphan. Here he comes. Here he comes. Whoa! I'm pretending. I'm pretending. I'm acting. I'm acting. You know, they had to film this scene several times because Lithgow kept choking. What? Oh, his performance? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I choked. Uh, no, no, I that's choked. okay. This film. That's the, that's okay, well, um, oh, I'm sorry. I choked again. No, John, that's God. what we want. Now, look, he <sighs> doesn't kill her because he gets interrupted by his own dying. It was just oh, too much would have it. physical. He, his lungs he just couldn't. Get off of me! Get off! Here's your latte with extra chlorophomy. Chlorophomy. Okay, <laughs> so now we're back to the trial. Might as well listen. Where's Dane Edna? What? Dane Edna? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're. We saw her in Super, my Super X girlfriend, right? We saw her in the Barry. What was the guy's name? God damn it. The Australian. Barry, his name was Barry in that film. Right. Barry? Stop calling me Barry. Wait, his name was like Dr. Doom or something. So right, now, the, the, maybe you don't have to listen, but now the doctor says, look, we did the autopsy, and there's no way it got, I mean, there was no damage to the throat. So we don't know how it got in the stomach. It is a mystery. And the thing is, it's a mystery to us as viewers, too, because she sure as fuck was pouring it down his throat. So well, what? Maybe he just went down his throat into his stomach. You mean it there was be, so it diluted? It was so diluted that it... She went to the faux gras part of the farm, took the funnel out of the duck's mouth, went over to John Lithgow, stuck the faux gras uh, funnel into his mouth, where you force feed the animals, and, and poured into the chloroform in there. QED. Ta-da! Figured out. Mystery solved. Okay, he's acquitted. She's acquitted. They're not applauding for her. But for the lawyer? Uh, I don't know. She just doesn't react to the applauding. I mean, why would they applaud her for being acquitted? I don't know. And why is she at the opera? I don't get it. You gotta make a public face. It's like Johnny Depp going to perform rock music after his trial, right? You gotta, <laughs> you gotta show your face. Celebrate. Oh yeah, show yeah, get your face out there to the public. Now she wanders off inexplicably. Everybody knows what's up. They're all like right. checking her out. There's Tom Kroll in the lower one. <laughs> that was and um, she goes off to now connect with George finally. Oh, she's gonna write a letter? Now I really wanted George to end up being a jerk. That would have been so ironic. But so, no. uh, my brother. Yeah, hey, can we address the elephant in the room? You, you killed yeah, my brother, we right? We were raised by the same father, you know. Now yeah. sit down! <laughs> yeah, right. Wow. Good chair. Now, I don't know why, but she gives this guy a letter and money, and he takes it to George, uh, like, to so that we can meet up. I don't know why we have this scene. 
So here's George waiting for the letter. How does he know to wait for it? Well, we don't know, but it's kind of okay. Parcels office. Right. That's so New Zealand. Those oh, I thought people. they were in France for a second. I thought that was French. By George. Yeah. Air by George. Air by George. So that's the letter from that's the letter from the title. My letter to George. Okay. All right. I see that. It's a lot. That's a stretch. So now they're together and we don't see any love, romance, connection, chemistry, even kissing. We don't see anything. That's why this film is flat. They just have a mutual interest. They hate John Lithgow. I think their mutual interest is they want to be together. I think. I guess. Doesn't look that way. Victoria's story is based on a real character, crime, and trial. It is believed at the time that she and George immigrated to America to begin a new life. She was 19 years old. Wow. Yeah. Which yeah. we don't think. I mean, Jody does not look 19. You you were criticizing my behavior in 19. I didn't murder my husband. <laughs> in 94, you were... I wasn't criticizing your behavior. No, I no. Was... Hey, I spend the rest of my life trying to atone for stuff I do, you know? I try to be a better person every day in every way. One time think by I... mistake, I brought it up on this show, remember? I didn't yeah. know it was a dangerous... No, you know, it's fine. It's fine. You gotta... I didn't know it was a sore spot. You don't poke the you, you spend, open you spend... wound... You spend your life growing up and learning learning responsibility and, yeah, and trying yeah. to better yourself and better the world. Carl, what did you think of this movie? I thought it was flat. I thought it had every opportunity to be great. It had a huge budget. It had John Lithgow and Jodie Foster. They I love the really cast. I love the cast. Loaded, and they didn't. So this film was a paycheck. I don't know. See, it says co-produced by, by Jodie Foster. The internet claims producer, and it's just not true. It, it was it was produced by a guy named Antoine Antoni Gain. I don't know. I don't know. She's always had like a, a savvy uh, uh, way of of being in movies and being producer of movies and and being part yes, of yes. But this was. This film is not, if you only saw this film, you wouldn't even remember who Jodie Foster was, you know? I mean, this film is a dime. And that's why it's on YouTube, because it's yeah. a dime. They had every opportunity in the what script. She, what else was she doing in 86? Oh, get the list. Get the list. The yeah, movie's yeah, over, and I'm making you get the list. That's fine. Uh, in 86. Um, no, that's 68, not 86. Yeah. Long uh, no, it's, this is in between shit. She did Foxes in 80. She did um, The Accused in 88. Now, right. okay, she struggled to become, to get adult roles. She was a child star, Freaky Friday and everything. Even Foxes, she was playing a 13-year-old uh, or a young prostitute or whatever. So... It wasn't until she was in The Accused in 1988 that she, of which she won an Academy Award. Right, yeah. Absolutely. And then Silence of the Lamb in 91. Now she gotcha. was an adult actress. Wow. All right, I have to say this movie was okay. It was okay, but you're right. It was flat. It wasn't really much, you know, I, but I love I love the performances and uh, I guess that makes up. So no, I, I, you don't love the performances. They were flat. 
No, but I mean, they did the best they could. I mean, the the story. No, of the, no this is yeah. John Lithgow and Jody Foster. Yeah, I don't know. He did his. No, look, M E Z M E Z M E Z E R I Z E D. There's two Z's in mesmerized. M E Z. Look, the the title is M E Z M E R I M E Z D. Obviously, M E Z. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's so yeah. New England. Listen, um, I guess that's the New England spelling, but. Uh, I was right all along. Carl, <laughs> I'm really excited. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed watching Mesmerize with two Zs with us. Uh, we, we'll be back next week. You know, we do this every week. We love uh, watching movies with you. And next week's movie, Carl, Charles Bronson. What? What film? The Stone Killer, 1973. Trailer. The Stone Killer, 1973. You'd be like, oh, the Stone Cold Killer? No. He's so stone cold, there's no killer. This He's a stone killer. I found it from HD Retro Trailers. Okay. HD Retro Trailers is our channel. I'm All hitting right. pause. I'm hitting the link. I'm hitting pause. Okay. My internet would cooperate. Okay, I'm going to... Uh... I did it. Retro trailers. Oh, this is two minutes. All right. Hang on a sec. All right. We had the celebrity comedian countdown. Now we have the uh, wannabe celebrity comedian countdown. <laughs> Mike Spiegelman. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Sorry, I had to face it because I had it on mute. So. Oh, cop killed right there. It's an HB Heliki film. Mesmerize it's not. Ow, ow. Bang, bang. Bang. Uh. Sometimes he wears a badge. <gasps> Whoa, that was a hell of a fall. He did hilarious. Michael Loser's movie. <laughs> Michael Loser film. Chuck Bronson. That's right. I call him Death Chuck. Wish. Before Death Wish, I guess. It's the year before Death Wish. Same director. Ah, so he tried again and was successful. Whoa! H.B. Halicki film, clearly. And Norman Fell. This is the reason why I found this film. This will be his third film we've seen. Yeah. Ow! I'm a couple seconds ahead of you, but so be it. They walk like it's law and order. Dun, 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 dun. Bum, bum, bum. Bing, bing. Oh, finally some blood. Look out! Ah, oh, it's Charles Bronson. He's up, he's up to his eyeballs in Godfathers. <laughs> oh, oh, this is gratuitous. Even hotter. Ooh, don't get, don't bring up Arizona. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, they gonged their own movie. Oh, the helicopter shooting. What was that hippie chick with the rainbow 
starve. I'll find out because I'm going to see this fucking thing. Pew, 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 pew. Pew 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 it stinks in here pew 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 the stone killer the stone killer okay right not the stone cold killer the stone killer what'd you say 1973 i think it is okay let's take a look we michael winter is a guy we're familiar with uh stone killer yeah i think it is 73 Yep, 73. The film they did right before Death Wish. Uh, so yeah, come listen, check us out next week. We're going to be watching that. I'm really excited about it, I guess. Uh, Stone Killer. <laughs> Prime Bronson. Carl, what a pleasure. I'm really happy to be a guest on your show. Well, that, no, it's the, other way around. it's the other way around. Uh, people can find you at carlsucks.com. Correct. All right, and people can find me at carlsucks.com. Uh, Correct, we'll talk to you soon. Link to this podcast. You'll be going in a circle. You'll yeah. be watching this podcast. Oh, I'm going to go Carl. Oh, he's got a podcast. Oh, it's oh, it's this. Well, it says carl.com. So, oh, he's got a podcast. Yeah. All right, well, and check out, again, subscribe to our podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on the Facebook with Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie, and we'll see you guys next week. Take care. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with my Welcome, distinguished guests, the uh, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Oh, that's an acronym. Acronym. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Thank you very much for having me back on your show. Oh, it's always a pleasure to have you back as a guest on Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. I'm on a streak. Yeah. I think it's because you're a co-host. The, the, oh yeah, 
that you wrote the song we just heard, that you had researched and watched several times a movie we're about to watch. Yes, yes. That you interviewed a New Jersey comedian and and got permanent questions for our count celebrity comedian countdown. Good to have you back as a guest. Thank you very much. Happy to yeah. be here. Happy to be here. Mutiny Radio. FM. Uh, yeah, listen to us every Sunday at 2 p.m. We stream here first on mutinyradio.fm. We follow what's really happening with Luke Sayer. Great fucking show. Uh, he gets a lot of live guests in there. A lot, a lot of great stuff. We love that show. Uh, we love Mutiny Radio. Monday and Friday, they do live comedy shows. They have comedy shows throughout the Bay, uh, throughout the San Francisco Mission District, where the station is located. I don't think it deviates. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's like a cow hollow show. I think no. it's just right there in the Mission District of San Francisco. So you can check it out at mutinyradio.fm. We would love for you to donate. You could hit the donate now button there. You could go to Patreon. You could go to Venmo. Just make sure you donate at, at Mutiny Radio. Carl, our podcast, we watch a full length movie on YouTube. You watch yes. it with us and listen yes. to the podcast at the same time. These are movies that I read about. And now, thanks to YouTube, I could just watch them. Carl, what is the movie we are watching tonight? Today, we will watch Deadline Auto Thief. Theft. Deadline Auto Theft. Deadline Auto. Yeah, it sounds like thief. That's the first thing I saw when I saw the title. And I'm like, okay. Okay. Well, no, but all right. So it's Deadline Auto Theft. Theft. 1983. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine. And the channel we like is... Car Chase Wonderland, Wonderland two. 2. Right. So don't if you if you're on Car Chase Wonderland 1, quickly gather your things, run yeah. back out, search Get for out. Deadline if, Auto Theft 1983 Car Chase Wonderland 2. So as Carl said, you find the link, you click it, you're going to hit pause, move the timer to 000. zero, zero. Uh, and then we're going to listen to a comedian. Carl has interviewed a celebrity comedian. And they're going to give us the countdown. And when that comedian says go, we want you to hit the little triangle at the bottom of your screen. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Dave Zaitsik. Welcome, Dave. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, Dave, I know you as a Hudson Valley comedian. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, absolutely. When people say you're from upstate New York, doesn't that piss you off? You're not, right? No, definitely not. And it's funny because I started off, I was living in Jersey when I first started doing stand-up in Northern Bergen County. And uh-huh. I kind of fell in with the Rockland comedy scene. So when people heard that I was a Rockland comic, a New York comic, Hudson Valley comic, initially they were kind of like, well, I, I guess, you know, so. <laughs> but now full-fledged living in the Hudson Valley. Yeah, you've relocated and that is it. And that's where I see you when I bump into you. It's usually there in Nyack or somewhere like that. Absolutely. So one of the things I like about you is your your impressions, right? Yeah. Now, sometimes you see a comedian do an impression and what they're really doing is an imitation of another comedian they heard do the impression. You're not like right. that. Mm-hmm. How did you fall into impressions? How did you know you were good at it or get good at it? Well, it's funny because I started doing impressions when I was a kid, like young, probably around uh, 11, 12 years old. I was already doing impressions of pretty much everything I watched on TV, you know, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Bart Simpson. Um, And then as I got older, I started doing impressions of like Christopher Walken and people like that just in passing. But it kept growing and it quickly became clear that this was something I could do at a 
at a different level, you know, so I felt. And, and you do a great Governor Cuomo, you know, Thank that's you. kind of current. That's no childhood thing, right? No, absolutely not. Yeah. Eventually, when he is back out of the public domain, people <laughs> will forget his voice. <laughs> that's right. You'll He's be on to those, the next one. Yeah, and most of the impressions that I do are not necessarily timeless, but they're people that'll exist in the public consciousness for more than, say, a year or two, and then yeah. they'll be, uh, you know, faded into the background. Smart. So I got to retire one that longevity. I'm, mm. Yeah, and I got to retire one I'm good at, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, prematurely. But what are you going to do? So also in New York, up in Slotsburg, you're doing Slaughter Stand-Up. It's sort yes. of like, it, it, it's, 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 it's like a comedy production company or tell me about that yeah so uh slaughter stand-up started off initially as myself eric albert uh dandy marino and monty mason uh-huh and uh the four of us kind of came together and realized that we had a good opportunity to produce shows together at characters and, and over the years we've done a couple of other venues as well but characters is the one that we've had the most longevity at i think we've been producing comedy there for uh it's got to be 10 years now yeah, 10 Whoa. full years of monthly shows at Characters, and, and Eric and I run a, a weekly trivia night at Characters as well, so we've got a you know, good long-standing relationship with them over there. So what night of the week is, it's still ongoing, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. The trivia we do uh, every Wednesday at Characters, and we do a once-monthly stand-up show, usually the first Friday of the month, like our most recent one was just two nights ago, uh, you know, Friday on, uh, gotcha. on recording. Yeah, not June 2nd or 3rd, whatever that was. Correct. Okay, so yep. also for producing shows, you used to do a show at Levity Live called Miked Up. Now, Levity yeah. Live is, is at, at Palisades Mall. Mm -hmm. And uh, what, the pandemic took that show away, right? Yeah, unfortunately, you know, once, once the club closed during the pandemic, you know, they weren't quick to open back up even once things started opening. And then it was limited audiences, limited shows, um, Everything was on smaller engagements for a while, so it kind of kept all the the shows that weren't, you know, weekend headliner shows. Um, anything that wasn't one of those was kind of pressed out out the door temporarily. So yeah, Levity Live is a huge uh, headliner place. I mean, uh, Louis C.K. was there uh, when af when after he was in trouble. Yeah, uh, there was was Kevin Hart there trying new stuff, wasn't Kevin it? Hart, yeah, just a couple months. I think two months ago, he was there doing a weekend of shows that was just the new. New material test for his special. Yeah, so they're a, they're a sort of Friday Saturday headliner kind of place. But do you, so it's Absolutely. coming back though these small oh, yeah. shows. Yeah, when yeah. do you think Mike Up will be? Um, I would hope it will be back before the summer. Like we're sitting uh -huh. in June right now. I'm I'm hoping before August. Um, you know, there's you can see that now that things are opening up a bit more. I know that they want to bring the show back. Mm -hmm. So it's just a question of coordinating dates, um, gotcha. but it'll be back in the coming couple months. Okay. Now I want to direct people to how they can find you out there on the internet, on social media. And I think your website is the way to go, but I don't want people to put in Sate sick. Like they don't know how to spell it. Right. Yeah. It's davesatesick.com. Correct. But and it's S-A-I-T, Sate, S-A-I-T, Z-Y-K. Exactly. Z-Y-K. Well, that was very creative. I'm sure that's a stage name you made up, right? I made that one up, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't a dyslexic person on Ellis Island hearing a last name where they were like, what the hell do I do with this? You know? That's the backstory you made up for your stage name. Right. So it is DaveSaitzik.com. S-A-I-T-Z-Y-K. Correct. 
And what, everybody there can find your links to uh, social media, yeah. the shows yeah. you're doing? Exactly, yep. All that bio, some um, quick quick clips, you know, snippets of uh, past performances, that kind of stuff, yeah. Okay, so it's the one-stop shop for all Dave Saitzik material. Right, exactly. All things okay, basic. great. Okay, now, Dave, everyone at home is poised to watch this movie at the exact same time as we do. That means they've got to press play at the exact same time. So we're going to do a countdown, and that's why you're here. Dave Saitzik, why don't you give us that celebrity comedian countdown? All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, three, two, one, play. Thank you, celebrity.